Um, so, hello everyone, welcome to Failed Rockstar Club podcast. Hello! From the guys at Best Days Vintage. That's us. Um, you know, Jez, I have been, I've put a little bit of timber on. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed. We've all noticed. Uh, so every morning I like to poke my chub. <laughs> it's the Failed Rockstar Club. Hooray! Your chub. Do you mean your penis, or do you mean poke the bits of you that are flabbier than the the flabbier bits? Right. Okay. That's why I um, did a little all over at the beginning about putting a bit of timber. (laughs) Right. Okay. Context. Yeah. Exactly. Otherwise, it might sound pervy. It did. It still sounded pervy. But I enjoyed it. Mm. So. Uh, So hi everyone. Welcome to the Foul Rockstar Club podcast podcast that talks to um, musicians about mental health, positive well-being and a little bit of fashion. That's true. You don't have to be a musician though. No, you don't have to. No. And we haven't actually talked to any musicians <laughs> because <laughs> no, of the lockdown. You're, yes, you'll notice. It's just been the two of us for a long time mm. now. And you're probably thinking, oh, they're scraping the barrel now, boy. Yeah. But, and we, that, you're <laughs> completely accurate. Yeah. But by next week, we're going to attempt to have a guest on. Mm. So this may well be the last week of just the two of us mm. talking shizer. I think the original plan was we were going to do like two guests, one us, two guests, one us, wasn't it? Kind of, so to split it up a bit. Yes. And but that went out the window with... With lockdown, yeah. Mm. So we had to kind of improvise a little bit and talk more about, kind of like, more about our own experiences, um rather than other people and you guys but we hope that it's been interesting still um, we try we try our best to um, create a different topic each week and a different subject and we, still, we, we can talk a lot so we've still got plenty to mind from I'm sure so this podcast is just two friends chatting shit it's, yeah. uh, somebody literally messaged yesterday to say that yeah. Yeah. but they enjoyed it so that's the main thing okay uh, so Jess can you just please say where we are and who we are so I'm Jez, Jeremy Peter Dixon, Jay Pizzle, uh, the JPD. I um, I nearly said the Dick Master General. Dick, <laughs> Dick Master General. General then. Yeah. Uh, and this is next door. <laughs> next door, big fans. Yeah. This is Stephen uh, Robert Hurdle, BA Honours, and we are the co-founders of Best Days, the your favourite vintage emporium, and also the Failed Rockstar Club, which is this little club community that we've created off the back of uh, our business uh, and the philosophy of which is that you're only a failure if you don't try mm-hmm. and we are here in our HQ in Manningtree broadcasting on mm. Facebook and recording a podcast and one Hello. thing that might be actually last week I noticed because it was raining last week you heard the pitter patter of rain in the background throughout the whole episode which was quite comfortable it was good. nice I liked it Yeah, this good if week, you're using this to get to sleep yeah, I'd say and just listen to us talk <laughs> crap uh, this week um, it seems like the neighbours are back for the first time since lockdown and so you might hear the odd yeah they've, they've brought their kids to work so you, every, intermittently you get not abusing their kids but shouting at their kids yeah. to fuck off back upstairs <laughs> which you know I can empathise with it, for my song of the week if there was a song called no, I don't want to fucking play Playmobil. Yeah. I would have chosen that. Okay. But there isn't such a song. Write a song about it, dude. Yeah, maybe I should write that one. Yeah, so, uh, okay, so how, talking of that, how has your week been and what song <laughs> well, have you chosen? Well, there you go. I've chosen a, a song by one of my favourite bands of all time, Granddaddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song is called Everything Beautiful is Far Away. Yep. Which is a lovely song off their, well, first proper album, Under the Western Freeway. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's just more kind of a feeling of frustration at lockdown, I suppose, still. Even though I was trying to pick a song that was more optimistic, because I do feel like the kind of mm-hmm. that feeling of being over the hump. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that. I feel, I feel like we've moved on. A couple of weeks ago, it really did feel like the the peak of the virus and the ditch of our of our sort of feelings about it. 
Oh, yeah, you said, yeah. And now I think everyone... Well, again, I'm just going off what I'm seeing on social media mm-hmm. and what I feel. Yeah. But I feel like people have kind of turned the corner a bit and starting to see light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. Not that it's going to go back to anything approaching normality. that people are... Go, like we say, light at the end of the tunnel, they're starting to get slack. They're lapsing. <laughs> lapsing uh, into normal no, ways. Not from what I've seen. I mean, I can't speak... I haven't, like, been into town or been anywhere <clears> where that would be busy anyway. But the streets... Certainly when I go out for my exercise, the streets are still really quiet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I only really go to, like, three places, the woods, the, the footpath near us, and the end, the supermarkets. Uh, but, you yeah, know, it's, it's been pretty consistent mm-hmm. and quiet. But I just, it's more from social media and listening to other podcasts. It fe- you, know, you know you get a feeling just in the air that, that mm-hmm. people seem to be on the up again. I can confirm, because I've been in the shop quite a lot, um, that it's quiet. Mm-hmm. There's not many people about at all. You get some riffraff hanging, walking around. <laughs> Do you mean drug, junkies? I, I, I don't know of their, their drug intake, but they're definitely walking around with cans of lager when their shirts <laughs> off, shouting loudly. <laughs> okay, our kind of people. Mm. Michael Barrymore's my kind yeah, of people. I haven't actually seen any of our kind of people at all, i.e., young kind of students and stuff like that. Like our customers, I haven't seen any of our customers in town at all. Lots of older people going to Wilkinson's. Do you think when it does... Yeah, how, how do you think it will, long it will take to go back to proper normal? Because even, even if, you know, if the government says you can open small shops like ours, mm-hmm. do you think people will come into town when they can, or will there be time? I think it will be if they open college again. Mm. Like that. Because until then, I don't know, really. Like, especially like the younger people, I really don't know. They'll be bored, so but if they're allowed out and they're bored, are they going to come into town because there's something to do? Yeah. Are there anyone, I don't know. Is anyone going to have any well, money? How do you feel? Would you go to the... Because you must be missing the pub. You're a big pub guy. Mm-hmm. Will you go... To, as soon as pubs are open, will you go? How do you feel beer about Beer garden. That? Yeah, if I said, Steve, let's go to the beer garden. Yep. I mean, there's not that many in Colchester. I wouldn't probably... It depends if it's packed. If it's that's fucking ramoed, then... I don't know, I'd think twice, but... But that's why I think it's too early because it doesn't mm. feel safe yet. But give it like two months, and it's like you know, the the new numbers are down to like fifty. I don't know what are they going to be like. You know, they're up to what two hundred something now. As in death, reporting yeah, deaths. deaths or mm. like cases are down right down. It's like well, at some point, what you do, you have to take a risk. Go go out there and start living your life again. Surely. Mm. I slough goat on the other hand. My wife is uh, very sure. worried. She won't go out for a long. I don't know. Yeah, she's not. She's not happy. She's. She's. Yeah. She's not happy about it. But she, yeah, I mean, she's got a specific case in that she was ill just before lockdown, wasn't she? And mm. so was particularly vulnerable. Yeah. And that must have played into her psychology. Definitely. Like. Yeah. And she's already saying that she doesn't feel comfortable going back to work mm. because of like she doesn't know what other people are doing and like trusting other people. She's she's also worried about me or you going back to work like because you just don't know what other people are doing you know you can't be sure what other, if other people are taking things seriously as you are or that's it no matter how what precautions you take it only takes one customer to come in who's <laughs> doesn't wash <laughs> <laughs> we, we, have, we have quite a lot yeah. yeah but so how was your week if you could sum it up in a song uh, I've gone for D-Ream things will get better <laughs> I nearly chose that one did you yeah I was pretty close to that <laughs> uh do you want to talk about mental health? Are we in that, we in that place? or? Uh, well, yeah, we should. It's part of our... So, I've kind of, I'm going to know about whether or not I should talk about my own mental health stuff, I guess. Well, but I, feel I think like, you definitely should if you're comfortable talking about I it. Think you, I feel like it's probably a good thing to talk about it for people that might listen and might be struggling as well. Because mm-hmm. I've been living my struggles literally through this podcast every week. It's like a different kind of thing every week. And I've made. If you're it, listening to the podcast, he's twiddling his uh, wedding ring, which is what he does when he's a bit tense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's stopped now. No, yeah. you're self-conscious. Uh, yeah, I've made conscious steps to self-improve myself and try to fix my personal issues. So one of the things I've done is I went to the doctors a couple of weeks ago and got some medication that kind of seems to be slowly but surely working. It's given me a bad stomach. Oh really? And yeah, and it's given me, it's made me feel a bit vacant, but I feel a bit clearer in my head. Like I don't have that kind of the rain cloud filter. 
Right. So, so f- physically, it's affecting you, but mentally, you feel physically, a it's bit definitely affected me. Yeah, and okay. I, they, they asked weird side effects with stuff like that. So they did tell you about that, didn't they? Mm. Uh, so it's just weird seeing how my body's kind of reacting to it, but I don't have the kind of spinning st- stress zooming around my head, and as much as I have been, and I can feel it every now and then, but I seem to be able to get out of it quite well. So that's been really positive, and started. That's great. A I can't. I don't know the right words for it. Cognitive behavior. Cognitive. Cognitive. Yeah. Behavioral therapy. Yep. I had my first chat yesterday with someone on the phone for over an hour. Actually, it's a long time, and I felt pretty knackered by the end of it because it's. They they ask you some pretty hard questions and some pretty. Like like what? You don't have to give us the answers, but what kind of questions? Uh, they ask you about if you feel suicidal, if you're likely to hurt anyone or hurt yourself. They're asking you how you describe your feeling and then they kind of sum, they kind of go through this whole checklist of things and they ask you about work and they ask you about your family life and then at the end they kind of like find a way to sum it up mm-hmm. so they got a, kind of like a conclusion and they read it back to you and it's quite hard to listen to that yeah. conclusion coming back at you um, but it, but it's all it's, I just try to be honest and I to put it as a right a step in the right direction and mm-hmm. I felt feel good about myself knowing that I have doing something positive towards changing it and well I've, even that like just kind of admitting that you need help and, and mm. taking steps it's really got to be a big so good to feel that I haven't I'm not going to let it kind of beat me I guess and it's like something that I can actually make the steps to do and stop going around the same circles all the time so we'll see so but it was really it was, it was it's the NHS and I, I was a surprised how quickly it came about I really was like you, know, you, you, you do hear horror. stories about yeah, yeah. people who who were assigned to someone and, and how they never long hear they from them spent with me and how kind she was I mean, I don't, that, that didn't surprise me but how long she spent with me on the phone did and also that she's finding, she's going to speak to a supervisor which I don't know how, how well that bodes but to find some sort of course of action um, and she's going to phone back on Friday because yeah you thought during sort of lockdown pandemic times that they would be kind of overwhelmed with yeah, yeah I know because it must be so such a we've probably spoken about this before but the the virus must have magnified a lot of people's mental health problems especially people who live alone like I think most of the calls though people are getting now I've sort of read a thing about in the news most of the calls people are getting are um, to do with this as a kind of being a bit trigger point for a lot of people's issues yeah well I, well, I heard on James O'Brien's show he, the guy who runs that the J-O-B yeah it's the campaign against living miserably okay. like calm yeah he like the head of that he said 100% of their calls like the COVID-19 mm-hmm. comes into it in some in some form yeah and it comes into but I think it comes into everyone's life in some form right it's like yeah it's it been a real unifier in in that so, respect hmm. I've heard like, actually a guy from Colchester found that programme up did you hear him and he was like oh, no, his uncle had passed away and Blah, blah, blah. It, was, yeah, it was difficult to listen to, but he was from Colchester and I heard another person actually on that James O'Brien thing yesterday I was, when I was doing the, doing the account so I listened to it and he um, he was in a coma for like seven weeks Jeez. and he three times the doctors said that he's non-responsive it's time to turn the machine off and his missus wasn't allowed to see him and she said no he's strong as a fighter even though he's a bit older boy and they said alright we hope you're right they continued and he came out of it and the first thing he asked her when he found, when they FaceTimed was, "Will you marry me?" Jeez. We had the, did you cry? He had the kind of yeah, did. Yeah, he had the thing course. through his like throat, and yeah. uh, and she couldn't really hear him very well, and she had to like really turn it up, and they, he was like, "Will you marry me?" And they've been together for thirty years. Sorry, that's just noise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Huh? No. Well, that is that is lovely. Yeah, it was like a proper nice story. And that's yeah. like he was like taking it back as well in that show, like you know, those sort of things that that's just, it. I just I don't expect. I got feels from you just telling me that. Yeah, it was like, I, yeah, I, I think I, I think if you don't get emotionally upset, not upset, but emotional by that, then you're dead inside. Yeah, like it, it, you just have to mention Major Tom or Captain Tom, whatever his name is. Major mm. Tom, he's, he's from David Bowie. Song. Yeah, but Captain Tom, he, he like just yeah, that old boy. Yeah, it's an interesting one as well. That's probably like another discussion together. Because how many Captain Toms are there in the world doing Captain Tom stuff and they don't get but, mentioned? Or don't get the coverage. Yeah, yeah, I saw one about like yeah, this Muslim guy who yeah, who 
been basically doing the same thing, mm. but for a different charity, and it's yeah. just not getting any yeah. coverage that yeah. you know. It's, there is it's that all, element. It's of it. all about media. Um, what the media, that something, how powerful they can be to these sort of like, yeah. things, rather than like there's probably loads of them out there, people doing stuff that yep. we just never hear about. Yeah. But it's like, how do you find a unifying cause and that the media rally around it and it's this cool story and. An old white man is always going to be a war hero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Jez, what? Little what he's done. You know. yeah. Oh, yeah, no, without a doubt, yeah. Uh, Jez's recommendation of the week. Oh, yes. So, there's a little change. Uh, instead of a music one, I'm going to talk about a TV show that I'm watching. Uh, and I know every, it seems like a lot of people are watching it at the moment, but it's a show called Normal People. It's based on a book uh, set in Ireland about. It's just basically a love story. Mm-hmm. And. Not a lot happens, but it is just the the performances in it are so good and the detail is so good. It's just it's been it's beautiful. I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, it's a lot of graphic sex scenes as well. If that's your uh, no, yes, yeah, obviously. <laughs> and there's Sonic Forever. There's there's Winkle as well as Booby. So Sonic for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's on BBC Three. My so I guess you can get it on iPlayer. Okay. But yeah, we we've got two episodes left. But it's just, like I can't. Yeah, it's just just a beautifully made show. Say what's it, it called? Normal people. Normal people. Mm. Okay. It's a bit like two kids. The bees. And they got getting yeah the beep yeah out. yeah. Blimey. <laughs> That's what you're thinking about straight. You're <laughs> straight onto the winkle. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, I don't often watch like British stuff these days. You know, you can kind of get. You yeah. just watch American Netflix you shows. You know, everyone was talking about that um, Call of Duty. Yes, is it that was a BB, BBC one. one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And all I could think of was it was the Bill. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it actually. That that did put me off. Yeah, I, I watched the first episode and I, I could just think of, and I know everyone says they're brilliant, but yeah. I, I could just all I could get past the Bill. Yeah, it's all I could think of. And I don't know if that's because it's the Britishness of it. I don't know what it is. No, I must admit, I've got a bit kind of snobby. I'm so used to watching like these prestige HBO kind of dramas yeah. that I just assume that yeah, like some low-budget BBC the one... The filters are a bit weird. Yeah, it doesn't, it, do, look, it doesn't look as glossy, and yeah. you think, oh, that's not going to be very good. But this this genuinely, it, it's beautiful. Mm. So that's my recommendation of the week. Okay. Get on it. Yeah. And if you, have, if you have watched it, or you're interested in it... Then oh, yeah let, me, yeah, let me know what you think. And I'm like, we've only got two episodes left, so I'm looking for a new recommendation for next week. I've watched Tiger King. Don't come at me with the Tiger King stuff. Yeah. There's a new episode, is there, or something? Is it? Of Tiger King? Yeah. Because it's, it's come up with a new episode. Well, there's like, a... Kind of looking back on it. Sort of. Yeah, it's like some, the guy out of community interviews some of the people out of it. It's not really worth... No. It's quite funny, but seeing like what they look like now. Okay. They've had a bit of fame. A lot of them have had their teeth done. Oh, right. Clearly. Yeah. Okay, that guy, you know the one. Paid well for it then, did they? You know the junkie guy. Guy who was a junkie and was clearly straight, but was, was married, married to the. Yeah, with the t- well, sitting over his shirt off. All the yeah, time. yeah, yeah. With, nice his, with his tats out. Yeah, he's he's got new teeth. Okay. Okay, you pay for them. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe he just knew he was going to be on TV, so he thought I'm going to have to okay. take a loan out to get some new teeth. Sure. I don't know. Or he's, maybe he's doing public <clears> appearances <throat> and <throat> you know going to clubs and saying. <laughs> Look, it's me from the Tiger King. Yeah, probably. He's probably done well. It's done the right from. Yeah. So um, this episode, mm. I've called this episode the holding down a job episode. Sure. Uh, so why have I called it that? Why would I call? Is that it a rhetorical that? question? Or are you asking I was me? Asking you. Yeah. Okay. Well, when you're a struggling musician, as we very much were, money don't pay the bills. <laughs> but I think the most we ever got paid for a gig was. Two hundred pound, two hundred fifty pounds, maybe. I remember now. Between to go between the, the five of us, so we did, was it not enough to retire on new? So we yeah, so we had to have uh, day jobs, jobs as you probably just call them, and uh, they had to, it was difficult sometimes because you would often what is that holding down the job? Yeah, you'd often have to say, look, we we've got this like three month tour that we need to. Go, go on. on, or we've got a gig and we have to be at Soundcheck for four o'clock. Mm. You had to have very understanding employers. Yeah. And often they weren't. Or do jobs that were like really, really super flexible. flexible, which came with came at a price. Yeah. Which was the lack of price. 
I guess, like the lack of yeah, wages. Yeah, you can only really do jobs that yeah. were low, low paid, pretty yeah. much. Sometimes we talk with bands who would. I remember playing with bands, and there'd be some guys doing stuff on their laptops. I don't know what they were doing, yeah. but they would be like, "Yeah, no, I'm working." Yeah. But that that was pretty rare. Most of them were doing like bar jobs or working in shops or mm. most of them, most people in bands seem to work in American apparel in the early noughties. Yeah. <laughs> From what I remember. And it was definitely it was like you'd have to do jobs that A gave you flexibility to be able to leave early because half the time you'd have to leave. Yep. Sound jobs. sound checks at five. Yeah. You've got to leave at four. Yeah. And so that was always difficult. Or you're driving somewhere else, you have to take days off in random time. So you could never do a job that was a proper job kind of idea. You know, like a kind of, you know, like traditional sense of like Monday to Friday. It's just too, it was just the two just didn't go well, didn't go hand in hand because you couldn't commit either to either. And I imagine that's what splits up a lot of bands is that at some stage you get to that point where you've got to make a choice. I need, I need to get a proper job, proper job, in inverted commas. I can't commit to doing all these practices, all these gigs. Mm-hmm. Or you say, right, we're, we're really going to make a go of this. Let's let's give it, I don't know, two years, six months, whatever. Let's stick in our crappy jobs and really make a go of it. And then I, I wonder if like bands, because now it's everybody knows that no one makes money from music. I wonder if people now look at it. So I think in our in our day, we still we thought that was going to be our career. We looked at it as a career. Yeah. Whereas now, only the top, even the bands that are at the touring levels are probably, levels. they have to hold down jobs, don't they? It's yeah, like, I'd have thought so. Or at least side hustles, isn't it? There's yeah. A lot of definitely like, I guess you'd call it side hustles, wouldn't you? Where you're doing, you've got your finger in a few different pies to yeah. make a bit of cash here. Maybe you're cash s- there. selling some art. You're doing artwork or, you're or doing a clothing line or something as well. Yeah, or you're selling on Depop or you're working in a bar or you're doing an OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's that sort of stuff, isn't it? It's like where you can kind of get a bit of cash here, a bit of cash there. I think so. And I think you have you have to be realistic that only the, what the top one percent of mm. musicians are making any. Such is like the way Spotify works. I've seen a lot of this, especially during lockdown times, about people kind of trying to not campaigning, but asking Spotify to kind of somehow change their business model that the artists make a little bit more of a cut from streaming. Because the thing wasn't they were like Spotify is the worst out of all of them, but also it's the most popular. It's the most popular. That's where everyone's and going. So the power base is still with Spotify, but some of the other platforms they give the artist a bit more. Yeah. Percentage of each song, like it works out like a higher. Well, I know like band is it Bandcamp? Yeah. They're like they're doing giving the artist all of the money or something. I'm not sure what the the business model is there, but they're they're making an effort during lockdown, especially to help the artists out. Mm. Whereas from what I can tell, Spotify is new. Is no. <laughs> new doing it. But Spotify are more customer focused, I guess, than oh, artist totally. focused. Totally. And so that's why they're so popular. The way is that they make them, well, they're the big. They're the biggest, so they have the biggest catalogue. Of not thinking of the customer first, which is like the music consumption mm. side of things, and the way they kind of approach the customers. But you want, yeah, you wonder how that how this model kind of plays out down the line. Like do. Will there be less bands because less artists can afford to do it? Solo I don't know. artists or yeah. stuff on the, doing stuff what, on your own. What will the repercussions be, or will they have to change their business model? I don't mm. know. But that's kind of a separate podcast, probably mm. <laughs> streaming. But yeah, it, what I'm, the point I'm making is that I think if we'd have been a band now, we probably would have looked at it a different way. I think knowing that because I think we still had that dream that you sign a big record deal and you get yeah. this big advance and you can live off it. And yeah. It was more like that in our day, though, wasn't it? Yeah, like bands like our, our, our peers, like Hope of the States, who we were mentioning, you know, there was million, million pound record deals, mm. which I don't know, didn't, you know, that was probably. The well, I suppose also the difference is in those days there was so much money sloshing about that yeah. they could afford record labels to well, take so. risks on these things because the money they'd make in other places and other. Yeah, and I, I don't know what record com- signing advances are now. No, but they must be. I don't know what Sam like for example what yeah I don't know I don't know well I know he he's has to work at he still works in a uh, music shop mm. but 
I know they, was like a lad from Colchester who is recently yeah I know he was all about signed a record with Excel wasn't it he signed with yeah I think so yeah but he I know he played hardball with him because it was all he was all about creative freedom and yes. that you know not not working with particular producers that they wanted him yeah. to work with that's what I heard okay but good for him can you tell me about some of the jobs you had when you were in a band can you remember some of the uh, well holding down a job You might recognise me from my collaborations with Radiohead and Stephen Hawking. I actually did a lot of his heavy lifting for him. Anyway, I'm here to tell you about Best Days Vintage. If you like sustainable vintage fashion, feel-good prints and positive well-being, then they're the guys for you. Visit them at 40 Elf Lane, Colchester, or online at bestdaysvintage.co.uk. Peace out, mother crushers. So the very early days, it was always supermarket, supermarket stuff, mm-hmm. because they were the only people, I was so desperate for money at that point. It was like the first job I could find, yeah. and I remember, I remember I was so desperate that I put on the form for Safeway. They said, "What hours are you prepared to work?" And I was the only one who said he was prepared to start at four a.m. <laughs> 4 so they they did. When I first started, they were like, "Oh, you've put, you can work from four, so that's what you're yeah. on the four till midday shift." shift. I was like, "Oh, for, why did I put?" Because everyone else was like, "Oh no, I put like six. Yeah. I was like, oh, for, yeah. "And yeah, so I, I said I start at four a.m." So it set my arm for three. Oh, that's that, painful. Yeah, that was the summer, we called it the summer of discontent, discontent one. Yeah. yeah. Because it was just such a, de- it's such a depressing summer, like just, you it just affected. You and... couldn't go out. It was, I was just tired all the time. It affected everything. Yeah. Because you could never, like, I'd come home and I'd have a nap, but then I just wanted to nap more and then I wouldn't go to bed at the right time and, I tried to get to sleep, but knowing I had to... Sleep on my floor as sleep well. On, oh, yeah, I was sleeping on your floor. Knowing I had to get up at 3am to work, work on the fucking they back door. They go to band practice way. as well. Yeah, band practice in the afternoon. Yeah, to go to band practice, then go straight home to go to bed for nine. Yeah, that was a really... There's a reason we call it the summer of discontent. That was a... We watched Aliens Yeah. over and over again. Every night we? we'd go to bed, and me and Steve... I'd be on Steve's floor, and we'd put Aliens on, and I would fall asleep in the first five minutes, yeah. and you have to go back to that... We'd get through it five minutes at a time. Steve was watching the whole of Aliens I every night. Aliens about, I don't know how many the times I've watched that film. Still good film to watch every night, yeah. if you're going to watch. That's my recommendation of the week. Yeah. The film Aliens, yeah. directed by James Cameron. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I remember I worked in a call centre. Yes, Maven doors. Management. Maven Management, yeah. Mm-hmm. And because it was really flexible, and it was pretty well paid considering, and I learnt the art of skiving in that particularly you did fuck all wasn't that George didn't you fuck all <laughs> well dad, no, I did a lot of work I did a lot but no, no work but I did a lot of um, building relationships yeah. to be able to do fuck all that was where you I don't, you probably already had that but you've always had the kind of gift of the gap in the oh, world of yeah. schmoozing yeah. you were a good schmoozer you kind of can get a rapport with someone very quickly yeah. which gives you the, the option I'd, I'd to I'd also do things describe. like pick the hardest questionnaires that no one wanted to do I'd take two hour lunch breaks and say that it'd been half an hour and just find ways all the time to to do fuck all to do fuck all <laughs> yeah and I did that, I did as well yeah but you, you also learnt some uh, other languages during that period yeah. as well didn't you a little bit of Punjabi <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's like that's the sort of really good job of a musician because it's quite flexible you could do different shifts you could come and go pretty much as you pleased relatively well paid as well relatively well paid for what it was at the time and then we moved on into when we moved to London we spent a long time trying to find any job in London. Yeah, well, that was the summer. This was a couple of years later. So then we moved to London to uh, crack the rock and roll industry, which, as the podcast name suggests, we didn't crack. But, yeah, was, there was a whole summer where we didn't have jobs and we'd moved to London, so the rent was obviously mental expensive. Yeah. And, you know, very soon, 
I mean, we were, I was relying on my partner's income. I don't know. You lived with a. Oh no, you were with in yeah. Raf's. Our friend Raf, who was a bass yeah. player in a band, his mum's house. Yeah. So at least rent was kind of. Yeah. You're okay with that, but. I think had the bank of spending. And dad yeah, out. yeah. Spending money wise. Yeah. So we we spent the whole summer looking for a job, and we got so fucking lucky. Yeah. Just at just at the time we were. I remember traipsing around London looking for a job, and I was this this close. My fingers are very close together. If you're not watching this, uh, uh, to getting accepting a job at the British Teddy Bear <laughs> shop as as a like wearing a teddy bear suit, yeah. like wandering around handing out flyers or something. I was this close, and then I got I'm pretty sure I got a call from Rocket. So we both handed in our CV at Rocket, mm-hmm. and we had a trial, yeah. a trial shift at Rocket, which is like a vintage clothes shop, which. Very much set us on our yeah our the path, path to where we are our now. path to where we are now yeah and that, that it was so do you remember that it was one of those well. sliding doors moments yeah we went in and then we go over dropped the CV and neither of us had ever worked in a shop before in our lives and we both lied we both lied CVs. on our CVs Stephen made up a shop I made one I made up a shop from Colchester called Atomic that never existed and it, it had, unfortunately it closed down <laughs> and I said I worked in a shop called QS which yeah. was in rugby yeah. which was a shop but wasn't a vintage club, it was just no. a a shop yeah. Just, just lied to get in there, and thank God we managed to charm. Yeah, charm our way in, really. Yeah, wasn't there like one of the employees in because Cam- we did a trial shift in Camden, and I think one of them fancied you. I can't remember. I think it was Cap- Catriona fancied you. I do and remember s- persuaded Angie to give us the job. I do remember that in my trial, I got two of my friends to come into the shop oh, and yeah. pretend that they were customers yep. to buy some stuff, and she was she and Angie they'll manager of the shop at the time said that it was I was very affable with the customers and it was almost like we were friends <laughs> sure. good that you can come yeah. clean finally yeah about that I did I did I, I, well, we were there for like 12 years and I ended up working my way up to like the area manager of the business and then my last day I told my boss that story oh there you go but I've, I like to think that that was like clever thinking yeah yeah I remember speaking on my trial shift speaking to this Spanish couple yeah and asking them all if they were looking for anything particular not knowing that they were Spanish and yeah. st- really struggling to strike up a conversation because yeah. of the language but yeah. it was really awkward didn't think I'd get the job don't know how we got the job especially based on the fact we were in the same band yeah. and it was going to be really awkward yeah for us to well our boss our boss from the shop she said that she didn't employ us did she she said that she yeah. had her way she never would have employed both of us so yeah we were employed for a shop that wasn't open yet yeah. the Covent Garden branch was where we were going to work but it took ages they kept saying right no no it's going to open in yeah. such and such a month and it yeah. kept getting put off when it finally opened yeah our, our boss Sarah she said if she'd have known we were in the same band she never would have <laughs> employed, employed us so we got we got so lucky and it genuinely that has that has put us working with vintage clothes doing the whole music thing mm. we certainly people. wouldn't be because we yeah, never would have people. worked with people before no and meeting, yeah, again, meeting the kind of people we now meet in the yeah. Colchester shop, like meeting people who are into vintage fashion and kind of musicians and artists. And, and how do you think it was, that relationship between Rocket work at the vintage clothes shop and the band was difficult, right? Because I, would always on the, cause I was always on the phone, wasn't I? Forever yeah. Ever on the phone, like taking phone calls about band stuff. And like, we were so lucky that the boss was on, I say understanding, <laughs> she'd get really mad, but... yeah. She, oh yeah she, she wasn't happy that we were always off to yeah. but she also stuff. knew they were bloody good at our jobs I think so I think and she liked us we again it was our natural charm that managed meant that we uh, yeah. got away with it really I yeah. think if we'd been hadn't had the ability to sort of schmooze a little bit yeah. and suck up when needed yeah. and my maybe management skills say, out there. yeah say the right things at the right time I think we did did well to last that long well, I think it probably helped our careers that we had a solid job to go to that was kind of cool we met cool people through that yeah. job I think I think if we were working you know I don't know in a Costa Coffee or a yeah, it would have been a whole Starbucks story. Work, it, I don't think we'd have, or a Sainsbury's yeah. I don't think we'd have lasted that long it was a cool job because we got to you know we got clothing allowance or whatever so we got hmm. to shop where we wanted staff discount or whatever and we met so many you know famous musicians and other that's, I mean that's what our keyboard player was mm-hmm. We met there because of an advert we put up, but we'd meet so many people in bands in there. Yeah. We met uh, Florence from Florence Welch from yep. Florence and the Machine. Yeah. She, she was a fan of our band, uh, Early Doors. But yeah, musicians who were established, musicians who were on their way up, you know, people 
whose bands we would play go on to play with and stuff. It was yeah. it was a real kind of It felt like you were part of a scene and because we worked really there, I think that people kind of got to know you a little bit as well, didn't they, as well, like customers and stuff yeah. like that. People yeah, there was band. a real sort of scene around it. Mm. Felt like anyway, and it felt like the staff that also worked in the shop were also creatives as well, because the sort of people that worked there are generally kind of like yeah, it was all actors, it was actors or artists. We worked with um, what's his chops from yeah, the, the singer from Years and Years. Yeah, we worked with him for he, a year. He was for a year. We worked for him. Yeah, not Years and Years. <laughs> yeah, I can't claim to be Years and Years, but yeah. yeah, it was at least six months to a year. What's his name? Ollie. Yep, yeah, Ollie. Yeah. Little, see, I just think of him as Little Ollie, but he's Ollie. Uh, like a global star. He's Big Ollie now. Yeah, mm. that's that's crazy. Um, but he, he, your mate, um, who little fact about Ollie, he played "Crystallized" by the XX. That's the first time I heard that song. He put it on a mix CD that we put in Rocket. Oh, okay. Still their best song, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So he introduced you to that. Yep. He was an actor, wasn't he, at the time? He was. Yeah, he, yeah, he was, was trying. Actor. I think he was, was he at drama college at the time. I know he'd had a small part in like Skins or something, yeah, I think. Yeah. And he was he was best buddies with that actress who was in Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Oh, Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Yeah, That's the second one. Okay. Imogen Poot. Okay. Who's what well, a big famous actor now? Mm-hmm. But yeah, we worked with him. Actress. Well, I think you just say actor. Actor. Oh, yeah. okay. Great. Oh, that's sexist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a new there's a new culture oh sure <laughs> you've got to keep up uh, okay yeah who else we, you well I say yeah you became special friends with Simon Anstall <laughs> that's, that's not true we didn't but he was a regular customer Simon Anstall yeah are we, are we moving into the name dropping uh, section oh, now I feel like we have already yeah, yeah I suppose we should but uh, yeah, that's he, kind he, of we, we were going to name this the episode, name dropping episode the name dropping episode but uh, Jude Law told me not to name yeah. drop <laughs> Uh, Simon Amstel did yeah, once ask me if I wanted to go swimming with him and then to the cinema yep swimming and then the cinema which sounds I, like a date yeah, to me sounds which, like it would be quite fun yep to this day I regret toning down yeah <laughs> my wife doesn't listen to the podcast so that's fine yeah. would have been a lifestyle yeah, change he, he used I guess. to come in quite a lot didn't he and he, he did to... we built up a bit of a relationship yeah. with him Noel Fielding we had a kind of mm-hmm. there were like some some Celebrities, we would just have you know, it'd be a one off meeting, and you'd kind of but Noel Fielding would come in all the time, and that was before he got famous. So, yes, he Fielding, was just, he was just a cool guy that came in the shop, wasn't he? Yeah, he was just a well dressed guy, seemed like our kind of person. Yeah. And I think one of the first times we met him, he told us about his new show that was going to be on BBC Three, it was about this like interplanetary pet shop or something, yeah. or zoo. And we were like, Yeah, I don't, I, he's either lying or yeah. that's well, that's bollocks. <laughs> That's not going to work, is it? Yeah. And then every time, like over the years, that he came in, he was getting more and more famous, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. And it became a bigger deal for. I remember when he was t- actually. I remember him talking about his own mental health when it came to when he finished touring, and he'd come in and say that he used to struggle like hell, wouldn't he, after the event? That he'd look for like a, a applause for making a cup of tea. Yeah, that was th- yeah. That phrase always stayed with me. Yeah. He, yeah. He, and I guess this is a lot of people who've been on tour in some regards they, yeah, what, adapting to not being mm. clapped yeah. every night must, yeah. Yeah, is, is an adjustment and I remember him saying about that how he found it really difficult adjusting yeah. back to normal life uh, but he seems to have done okay yeah we, we gave him the positive vibes I reckon to, yeah. I don't think he would have been such a big success without without us without <laughs> us <laughs> he did what like I don't think we used to play tennis with him mm-hmm. from time to time in uh, Hampstead yeah yeah who, who else did we have, would you say, was it kind of to the point where you could sort of say hello to them in the street? Fern Cotton. Fern Cotton. Miss Fern Cotton. That's right. Cotton, yeah, I'd say. I'd say I'd, the tie, wasn't at there. the time, I think, if, yeah, she'd have recognised us in the street. Yeah, because we used to talk to her quite a lot, didn't yeah. we? And like, I used to well fancy her. God. Yeah, there was a time, well, she was dating Colchester's very own Peter Brain. Yeah. And so there was a little sort of Colchester connection, so we would yeah. sort of chat to him and her. There's a, there's a really human... I suppose it, I did feel pretty humiliated at the time. I was like on my hands and knees hoovering the stairs <laughs> and she came in with Peter Brain after he'd been in Fame Academy and I was like, Ugh. Yeah. Brilliant. Look at me hoovering. Yeah. While he's there picking out his clothes. Mm. Yeah. But who's happier now? What? You oh. or Brain? Oh. Well, neither of you are pretty particularly happy, are you? <laughs> I thought. Yeah. Um, what's her name from... Um, other girl from Puppet World, Makita Oliver. Yeah. We used to talk to her. Yeah, we did. I remember she, we bumped her into her outside of at a block party, block party gig, party and gig. she recognised us and said yeah. hello. Uh, 
we talked about Graham Cockles Coxon. Not sure he I, I don't know if he'd have recognised us, but we got to the point where he came into the shop once in best days, but we were closed. Uh, so he didn't come in. No, he tried. He was outside. Came, yeah, it was a Sunday. Yeah, where his nephew, I think, mm. lived in Colchester at the time, and I think he'd come to visit him. Mm. And he told us, told his uncle about yeah. us. So yeah, it was a, a late Sunday. But we we got who were the sort uh, of A-listers that oh, we met? Who was it? Uh, Natalie Imbruglier. <laughs> she checked out my ass. Yeah, 90s pop star and actress Natalie Brulia. Mm-hmm. She used to come in, didn't she, with her husband who was in that pop in that silver chair, silver yeah. chair guy. Yeah, they used to come in. Yeah, checked out your ass. She definitely did. Unconfirmed. Yeah, but... uh, Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz. So that's Hollywood. Yeah, we we've definitely flirted with her. We gave it our best shot. Yeah, Kate Winslet when she came in. Winslet. Yeah, I once said to Kate Winslet, uh, "Has anyone ever told you you look like Kate Winslet?" <laughs> Not realising who she was, saw her name on the uh, the old credit card, realised my mistake. Yeah. Just looked down. Yeah. Where do you go from there? Slater. Christian Slater. Christian Slater. <laughs> he gave me the wink and the gun. Yep. Tell you who's one of my favourites. Uh, the guy from Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he played Sensei the Johnny He's from Karate Kid. He once came in. Yeah, we used to keep a book, didn't we, of all like celebrity, yep. the celebrity hit list. Celebrity hit it. list. And it was like pages long. Yeah. Because it was in Common Garden, I think they were, a lot of the sort of agencies... Were around there, weren't they? Around there. So many like people were coming all the time. And they would come in their shopping or whatever, but... Uh, Keith Lemon guy, he used to come in, didn't he? Yeah. Avi, no, not Avi Marion. Lee Francis. Lee Francis, Francis yeah. Uh, Superhands, the guy who plays Superhands. He's coming all the time. Did he? It was all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't remember him. What I liked about Sensei Johnny Kreese was he was a very, very serious guy. He came in to buy some costumes for his new film. Yeah. And was taking it very, very seriously. I was thinking, who's going to watch this? <laughs> no one's going to see your... You haven't been in a film in 20 years that anyone's seen. Yeah. But he was still, you know, taking his art very seriously. Mm. Uh, uh, who was the one who was always flirting with Sophia from... Uh, Oh, Fight Club guy. He's yeah. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Yeah. Suspicions of... <laughs> that I can't talk, can't talk about. Yeah. But there was he a... Suspic- very... He had suspicions, though, of yeah, something or other. Yeah. I won't elaborate. No, I don't. Do you want to know more? Slide into my dooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always, always, like, good times, when not it? It was, like, cool to see people. That's what we saw, like, Roddy Wong. Well, all the musicians as well, wouldn't they? Those cool bands would come in on the Yes, time. to be fair, like... Roddy, we're big fans of the band Idlewild, Scottish yeah. band, who were big in the late 90s, early yeah. noughties. Still making very, very good music. Their last album was genuinely great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, forged a bit of a relationship with, with yep. the singer from that band. Well, with the guitarist originally, mm-hmm. and then the singer. Yeah, they'd come in especially. Every time they played in London, they'd come in, wouldn't they, and say hello? They would. And now, they, you know, when, when they got a gig, they'll put, me on the, put us on the guest list and... We'll go and see him and have have a chat afterwards. And genuinely, like if you'd have told teenage, like because mm. when they're for, when they were, well, even at the time we couldn't believe our bloody luck, couldn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Like never took that for granted. It was always like fucking hell, oh, yeah, bloody hell, we're luck. But if you'd have told, yeah, eighteen, nineteen-year-old me that you'd you know you'd be able to have a chat with Graham Coxon, yeah, or yeah, Roddy from yeah. Idlewild, I don't, I wouldn't have believed you. Nope. But you do as you met more more sort of stars, I guess. Mm-hmm. You kind of it, the, the impact lesson, I guess, and you get more comfortable Every with, now and the, then. with the feeling. Well, you get more comfortable with, especially like well, Kira Knightley. She'd come in all the time, wouldn't you, yeah. with a mum? Yeah. And yeah, you got used to saying hello, didn't you? It's like it was always like fucking hell, it's Knightley, but you wouldn't. Yeah, it was different. It was kind of got you more used to it, I guess. And of yeah. course, you're also doing a job. You would be professional. And then you'd see newer employees who weren't used to it, and they'd, yeah. they'd get really starstruck and kind of, oh, yeah. let me yeah. serve them. Yeah. And you'd be a bit like embarrassed at them. But that was you, like yeah. a couple of years before. Yeah. But yeah, I put I put out to our oh, in- Instagram uh, followers if they had any good celebrity <laughs> anecdotes. And it turns out they haven't. <laughs> but, but still, I, I feel like the more mundane, actually, the funnier they are. Mm. But so, uh, our good friend Sammy Clayton, he met Johnny Burrell yep. of Razorlight fame and asked him why he hated Pete Doherty. And if he did hate him, he said he didn't. <laughs> uh, oh, got, thank God for that. Yeah. Uh, Alec Darcy Jones, regular customer from the shop, he met, and I quote, Ian McKenna. I think he means Sir Ian McKellen. Yeah. 
People, yeah, Ian McKenna, and he said, you will pass <laughs> to him. Lovely. Apparently he was pissed. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Sir Ian McKenna. Who was pissed? Alec? Alec or no, 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 no. I McKenna? think he means oh. Ian McKenna. Oh. <laughs> uh, Lily, who's at Loud Internet Angel, she met Gok Wan in an occult bookshop. Okay. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a story. That's an anecdote. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Good evening and welcome. We actually we had a couple of Gokwan experiences, yeah, didn't we? Fucking hell, didn't we? I'll be honest with you, not keen. No, not for me, Clive. He made me. Oh, he was awful, wasn't he? When he was like, oh, he was a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, he was a bit much, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, do you remember he was filming? He used to come in and film some yeah, bits and, and he bits asked from you the show. If, you, if he could give a discount, and then yeah. he made some big summer dance card. <laughs> Always ask for a discount. Yeah, uh, it was really embarrassing. And he didn't make the didn't even make the cut. Thank God. I told all my friends I was yeah. going to be on uh, What Not To Wear or whatever it was. Didn't even make the cut. Uh, Melanie F. Wright. Okay. She met Prince in his club Shut in Minneapolis. Up. Yeah, international. And he was really short. Who thought it? Swimsuit competition. Yeah. I don't know which member of swimsuit competition that is, but they're a band who we yeah. very much like. Uh, they made Wigfield a cup of tea. <laughs> Where? Well, they own a co- uh, coffee that, shop. Yeah, you know where yeah, that studio okay. is. I assume. I assume there. Otherwise, just what just came around Sani, the house. Sani, I think her name is her real name. Yeah, yeah made Wigfield a that's cup a, of tea. That's a good spot though, because I don't know yeah, if I recognise Wigfield. Not now. No. At a Saturday night peak. She went, I might oh, Wigfield. Have, <laughs> if she was in the Saturday night video outfit, mm. which I assume she maybe wears all day. Maybe she came in doing the dance. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Recognise me now? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you'll kick yourself later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Abby, <laughs> Abby Schofield, okay. she met, and she's, she says met cats later, which, yeah. and got so starstruck, she ran away. Jessica. But that's Jessica Wallace. She, I, I like the fact she said the character name. Yeah. She must have been in a leopard print jacket at the time. Straight up. <laughs> she was four at the time, so I can understand. Oh, okay. You're always crying when you're four. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's an iconic story. Con the Finch. Connor the Finch, yep. Connor the Finch met Carl Barat. It's a great story. Connor said, I love your band. Carl Barat said, I love your hat. To be fair to these people, they can only fit uh, yeah. a certain amount of characters, so I'm sure they would elaborate. Yeah, well, no need At, to. Yeah. <laughs> these are great. At Frank Hall on Instagram... Met Thomas Turgoose Who? in Sheffield. I don't know who He's that. Is. that yeah, the tank engine. No, <laughs> Thomas Turgoose, the tank engine. He is the guy from This Is England. You know the sort of chubby looking skinhead guy? Chubby looking skinhead. Was a kid? Yeah. Okay. He was a kid at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, obviously. He was in Game of Thrones for a okay. bit. Was he? Yeah, he was just uh, quite a small role Background. as a soldier. Okay, no. Anyway, uh, he met him in a club in Sheffield, really pissed, and his friend can piss in his mouth what <laughs> Thomas Turgis's mate can piss in his mouth I mean I replied to this guy and said surely everyone can piss in their mouth if they if you get oh piss in the mouth oh I thought he meant yeah. just piss into this uh, that geezer's mouth <laughs> no again he didn't really explain the story but everyone can piss in their mouth if they if they really want well, to well I pour it into a cup and then drink it well I assume he means like contort your body oh. but all you have to do is like yeah like a fountain sit upside down like a water fountain it doesn't seem that impressive to me. No. Okay. Well, I mean, he I've was watched, impressed. I've watched some videos. Who was that? I could show you some What's videos. His name? Could you? Well, the person who yeah. messages was at Frank Hall. Frank Hall. Okay. <laughs> I don't know the actual name. Uh, Frank. Frank Hall. Frank Hall. Frank Hall. Okay. Uh, Zara G. Yeah. On Instagram, uh, she snotted down Zayn Malik's back. <laughs> she met all of One Direction. I assume Zayn was her favourite, and she. Yeah. Spilt snot down from She's her quiet. nose because she was crying so much ah. down his back. I want to know how Zane reacted, but yeah. we haven't had that detail. Uh, Jazzwoa at Jazzwoa, Stephen Fry stood on the back of her, stood on her foot, and didn't say sorry. Oh, maybe he didn't realise. Well, we he looks know. like he's got quite big feet. That's what I said. That's what I replied to her. Mm. He, he's a big old unit. Yeah, but I. I, I feel like what, he would apologise if he'd realised he'd done yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I don't feel like he would have done it deliberately. Yeah, right. We'll, we'll never know. Yeah. And Sarah Norton met Lee Ryan on the South Bank, but accidentally called him Duncan. 
<laughs> so, oh. so there you go. Levi was the elephant one. Uh, yeah, yes, he's the one who said we shouldn't be talking about 9 11. No, more about the elephants. More about the elephants. What about the elephants? <laughs> yep. And Duncan was the one who everyone knew was gay, but. Gypsy? Did you say that? <laughs> I think he had some gypsy connections, yeah. Well, I think you can say that. Okay. I think that's on record now. Yeah. Didn't we know someone who knew him? Yeah. Probably not confirmed. Yeah. Allegedly. Let's, yeah. We can cut that out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for your responses. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed them. Yeah. What we, we need to put out what should be our question for next week uh, that we can then talk about got to figure something to actually talk about well, like bit. worst jobs yeah because then we're responding to like okay. yeah. well we'll think of something I'll put out a question on Instagram yeah. but they're, they're good fun <laughs> yeah okay uh, so I think that probably draws us to the end of the podcast we've been talking nearly an hour Jesus and time fly when you're having fun uh <laughs> So, thanks everyone for listening to the Failed Rockstar Club podcast, a podcast that talks to musicians about mental health, positive well-being, and their journey in music, and a little bit of fashion. Um, if you want to connect with all of us, Best Days Vintage is our shop social media. There you go, there's the fashion. Yeah. If you want your fashion, bestdaysvintage.co.uk. We are going to do like, stuff about the fashion. Like the oh, yeah, yeah, I know, well I know. I, know. On. Um, I think that'd be good to do. Um, so yeah Best Days Vintage is the social media Instagram Twitter Facebook Snap TikTok um, YouTube as well you can find us on YouTube as well and these podcasts um, are recorded live on Facebook and also go onto YouTube as well so there's ways to find it as well if you're interested in seeing if you're thinking I love their voices their faces must be amazing yep you can and you can um, see them yep Um, and we are probably as camp as we sound Mm mhm yeah so, the, gest- the gestures match the voices. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about anything else we really want to talk about or any other business. Bestdaysvintage.co.uk <laughs> yeah. if you want to find the merchandise. LinkedIn. Oh yeah, and obviously LinkedIn. LinkedIn that's the big one. I do that as well. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, just just go to bestdaysvintage.co.uk. That's the message. That's the take home from this, I'd say. And we hope you're all okay. We're on we're on the way up now, I think, guys. In a good in a good way. Our our mental health is going up. Yep. The Curves going down. Yep, we flatten the curve. So, us, we flatten the curve single-handedly. So, take care. Um, look after yourself. Stay safe. Love you. Goodbye.